Hi, intuitive listeners. In today's episode, we have a beaming bright soul joining us from sunny San Diego. After a full day of working on the farm, Mary Ellen joins to share the teachings of Mother Earth, creating connection and intimacy in the garden, and so much more. She has a beautiful way of blending science and spirituality and offers a unique perspective on living a life in deep presence. Well, my loves, let's get glowing. Hello, Mary Ellen. Thank you so much for being here with us on Intuitive Movements. Um, I love to start out the podcast by sharing uh, where we both are and how the season meets us. I think it's really beautiful how technology allows us to meet from all over the place. And I'm sitting here in the back of my van all bundled up in Salida, Colorado. It was snowing a little bit earlier, so it's definitely full-blown winter here. <laughs> and I think it's a little bit different there where you are, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, I live in San Diego, California, and it is, we kind of joke, it's like a perpetual spring-summer environment here, so it's technically still winter, but we are absolutely in spring. Um, The greenery is lush. It was really nice, I don't know, 75 degrees today, and sunny, and glorious. (laughs) Sounds sounds pretty magical. I was just in um, Phoenix, Arizona area area last week, and I'm like, why did I leave there? It was pretty nice being in the sunshine in the winter. It's very special. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I did a little meditation before joining this call um, to connect with you and your soul and your essence, and would love to share now, if you're open to it, what came up just It was such a gift to see you in this way, and I'd love to share it with our listeners, too, if you're open to it. Cool, yeah. Uh, Cool. So I went into meditation. I saw you as this, like, particle of water in this, like, big, expansive cloud. Um, And it was, like, this very, like, pure essence where, like, everything kind of flowed together in harmony uh, it was very connected to the oneness of all that we are. It was like you you were this particle um, building this like big landscape of, of the cloud. Um, I wrote that you carry the essence of unity and of peace and just have this way of um, channeling such purity, a lot like coming through your throat. Um, and I wrote that it felt like, like if you were to take a sip of water, it just offers that like cleansing um, purity and that like very clearing energy um i so i saw you as that particle first and then i asked to go in a little uh, further so as it's almost like when you see um like the the universe and you see like the earth and then uh when you zoom in into the universe and into the earth so when i zoomed into you um you were this beautiful bright light and kind of carrying the essence of the sun and being sort of that particle in the cloud and carrying that light, you um, created these beautiful rainbows all around you. So it was like when you placed that light right in the center of all of these prisms, it just cast all of these beautiful rainbows all around. So it was such a gift to see you in that way and just so honored to have you here with me on the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. That's quite a reflection. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, of course. Well, thank you for being all that you are and and sharing this with us. I'm <laughs> super excited to have you here. 
Um, I would love to hear a little bit about just kind of what your day to day is like. Um, if you carry any morning rituals, um, what life is like for you in on the farm and, and share a little bit about, about your day to day right now. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. So, uh, ritual is something that, um, I connect with very, um, occasionally, very often. I think, um, However, I'm not religious to any rituals. I, I think that ritual is this, it's a doorway to connecting to presence. So my daily rituals consist of presence. Um, the only consistent thing I do every day is feed myself. <laughs> so um, yeah, having a good breakfast is really important for me um eating lunch and having dinner is i have not always been that way but um eating is a very important practice in my life that creates stability um and it also makes allows me to feel so connected to the earth mm. to the seasons to my environment because i do eat as locally and from my garden as possible so it creates this intimacy of my me and my surroundings um, and also just helps me settle my nervous system and be nourished and well-equipped for navigating life on such an elementary level. Mm-hmm. But um, so food is really my only ritual. Sometimes I like to weave in drinking tea or sometimes I'm in flows of having coffee in the morning. Um, I do really love practicing yoga and, uh, I have been for 15 years. So it's a deep part of my life, my life as a ritual. Um, but it's not a daily thing and kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah. Um, as far as my work on the farm, I work with a farm that I've been working with for seven years now. So I have a wonderful connection to this land and I visit this land maybe three times a week and tend to various um, orchards there rare fruit tree orchards that I've planted and all kinds of gardens we have flower gardens and um, food gardens and uh, so another actual um, really important ritual for me every day is I I get connected to the garden. So whether that's gardening at my job or gardening at home, I'm always doing something, even if it's like pulling weeds for five minutes. Um, That ritual uh, is just, as you can imagine, just really grounding and I have a very tending, like a very natural, um, I have a very tending, like motherly kind of energy that comes through me. And right now my gardens are my children. So Mm -hmm. I'm always checking in on them and see how they're doing and how I can meet their needs and um, stay 
connected. The connection through the presence um, is really what creates intimacy. And I think, like, at the heart of my all of my desires for for life is intimacy and connection. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, those are some of the things that are consistent in my daily rituals. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. There's so many things um, that stood out. One, I love that you've been with this farm for so long. Like you mentioned, that sort of motherly energy, it, it's giving you the opportunity to connect with each of the the areas of the garden or the orchard that you've nourished for all of these years and to watch them grow up in some sense. Um, it's really, really beautiful. And I love um, that the root of your day is based in presence and in and nourishing yourself um and um even knowing that like it, it's i see this like beautiful reciprocal flow in your um ritual and your presence and it's like your your first thing that you do is um, making sure that you're having those meals every day and you, you mentioned a lot of the food comes from the garden so it's um of course important and beautiful that that is your first intention because then that does allow you to give back to the garden that is giving to you. So I just love how beautiful you are in flow with everything that you do and, and give into in your life. Wow. Thanks for that reflection. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's so funny because it's like, it's just normal reality for me. It's such a normal life. So even just describing it to someone else and having a reflection is, it's, it's a little bit trippy to be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what my life looks like. Yeah, you're like, oh, wow, this is what I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Um, I also just love, I love that you don't have necessarily a daily routine, um, but you you carry presence in everything that you do. Like, that's, that's kind of the daily ritual is to... Um, nourish your body, do what you need to for yourself. You mentioned like there are the practices of maybe yoga or the different things that may allow you to carry presence throughout the day, but then really just, um, yeah, just being fully present, I think is really beautiful. Um, So I'd love to hear a little bit about um, how you may tie intuition into into your day-to-day life and what you do. So um, I don't know if you have any sort of like definition of what intuition is or how it comes through. Some people um, describe it as like a gut feeling, you know, I kind of feel it. I feel it in my third eye um, and I feel it more in just this like intuitive knowing. Um, and I'd love to hear like what intuition feels like for you, how it maybe comes through and if it plays a part in your day to day life. Yeah, great question. Um I mean, for me, it comes back to presence. When I'm in, intuition speaks through the moment for me. Um, intuition speaks through my body. And I, I feel mostly it comes through my heart. Mm-hmm. So for me, that is a practice of being here in this moment that I can hear and it's not necessarily a voice that comes to me it's more so um, a knowing I guess it's an inner voice but it's not something I hear it's something I feel Mm. Um, and it's kind of like this um, 
crossroads of presence and also being in a state of receptivity. And what that means for me is it's having a calm nervous system. When I'm in a relaxed state of being or even just content, like grounded, maybe not anxious or nervous or thinking about other things and being more when I'm up here in my head, I, I tend to be disconnected from my intuition. So I tend to build my life around activities like that propagate presence mm-hmm. um, and a more calm state of being um, so that I can be in that direct connection to my body as a messenger of these more subtle energies one including my intuition or maybe you could say my intuition is the collective of energies that come through me um i think we are highly complex and sensitive antennas that receive all sorts of information through us whether it we call it our intuition or like information from other entities or um, information from the earth I think um, our intuition is kind of a um, meshing of these different channels of energy and, and like passing through our our beliefs of the world and our perceptions of the world and coming through this unique uh, voice or knowing. Um, and like you say, it comes through your third eye. And for me, it comes through my heart. Um, some people say it comes through their gut. Uh, and I think that's also one of the most special parts of intuition. Um, it's so unique and subjective to the experience, to the user, to mm. the to the human. Mm. I so agree. Well, yeah, that was such a beautiful description. I love... Um, Something that I read in your uh, garden mentorship that I'd love to talk about as well um, was you described the garden as like the garden of your heart. And I think it's so beautiful that you're now also describing your intuition coming through your heart. There's such a beautiful parallel and reflection of like the earth and the, the oneness that we are with all that is around us. It's very beautiful. Thanks. Um, so I, I would love to go into a little bit about um, what it is that you or that kind of like language that you mentioned with the earth. Um, how, how do you listen? How do you hear that language? Uh, what does it feel like for you? I think what's so beautiful that you mentioned part of your ritual is like even just getting your hands in the dirt for a couple minutes every day and doing that weeding or just connecting with the the earth and its raw form. Um, so I'd love to hear like, what what does the language of the earth, what does that mean to you? And, and maybe how do you experience it? Um, that's a great question. And it can be incredibly challenging to answer that because it's so esoteric. Yeah, it's very deep. So take your time. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, One of my favorite practices in gardening is weeding. Um, it uh, can be seen as the worst task sometimes, and I, a lot of people really don't enjoy it. But I, 
uh, there's something in weeding that I've unlocked that I, is my, is my presence practice. I can be in the garden. It, every time I enter my garden, it always begin with a weeding. I do like a scan over the garden and I just, that's my way of dropping in. It's my way of like starting my meditation with the garden and it's and it's a process of attuning to the frequencies of the garden in that day because every day there's a unique frequency and we are coming from a unique place so the practice of weeding is always like a practice of attuning Mm -hmm. it's like when um singers um are going to sing a song they first like warm up their voice it's like me warming up my connection to the garden um and it's more of like a cathartic process of just being like, okay, I'm just going to pull the weeds. Um, it's also a metaphoric process of like removing things that I'm choosing not to allow to live in this garden. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to pull all the little grasses that are sprouting and because that's not what's, that's not what this space is about. Um, And in that process, I can allow my mind to start to soften and my awareness to come down into my body, um, into my heart, into my womb, as I'm touching and feeling the earth and getting connected to the energy that's that's here in the garden. Um, So after I do some weeding or whatever, it's just, it's a very intuitive flow when I feel I'll just weed until something calls to me. Maybe I'm (laughs) crawling around my hands and knees weeding and I see that there's some fresh gopher holes and then I'll set a trap or I'll (laughs) see that there are um, cauliflowers to harvest or and I kind of just like allow the garden to show me where it wants some love and attention and it's um it's something that comes through in that receptive mode you know i'm kind of like quieting my mind um a lot of what i do also in the garden is i like to sing mantras Mm. and um the mantras help me if i have a busy mind the mantras also help me like attune my my body into a harmonious frequency Mantras always help kind of like soothe me back into my body as well. <clears throat> Did you have a mantra for today's work? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm learning a new mantra right now and it's very long and um, complex. So I was listening to some of this mantra while I was working and like program, like having, it it was programming me. Mm -hmm. I was allowing it to program me. And it's actually this mantra that's about the, um, the infinite potential of the universe, the infinite potential of love, the infinite potential of creation. And when I imagine that, I imagine like our crystalline, um, auric fields connected to all of the universe being just like um crystal geometric snowflakes mm-hmm. um 
in their purest, most enlivened state. Um, I, I feel like the infinity between me and the stars. Um, and that reminds me of the infinite possibility. It, it allows me to expand my mind and my heart mm-hmm. and my love. So anyways, that's what I was listening to today. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of, honestly, it feels very, um, how you described it feels very similar to what I saw in my meditation, how I described it in the beginning when you were kind of that particle in that large yes. cloud. Um, I love the idea of snowflakes too. Cause there's like that unique imprint that we all have. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were describing that earlier, I was like, Oh, I wonder if she tuned into that because <laughs> I've been studying this mantra for like the last week mm. and like only listening to this mantra for the last week. Very beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's so, such a beautiful one. I love, um, I love too, like how you mentioned all the different ways that you connect to the earth. So there's, um, and the attunement process that you mentioned and how you let the earth and the garden guide you. Um, and something that I love too, is that you're also, you're bringing in that song or that mantra as you're connecting. Um, cause for me traveling around in the van and, um, kind of and living nomadically, I don't have the opportunity to tend to a single garden. Um, so I find different ways to connect with the earth around me everywhere that I go. And I found that like, you know, mother earth, she wants to communicate with us. Um, and when I am on a hike, if I'm singing, it's like, I can almost like, I can feel the energy of the birds. It's almost like they start singing back. Um, and even like, you can just feel the energy around you when you're, when you give, she gives back. Um, so I, I love that you just have all of these different ways to connect to the earth. Cause even when we, if you're living in a city or, you know, wherever you are, um, maybe you don't have the opportunity like you do to be on a farm or in like in the earth as much. But I think, um, what's beautiful is we, we can kind of break it down and there's all these different ways that we can connect with the earth. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I love, so um, I was reading your website a little bit before this, and I love how you described uh, your spirituality as like nature-based spirituality, and you mentioned not having like religious ritual, um, but like you have been talking about really tying in your presence um, and your energy into the harmony of the garden. Um, And I really do, like there's such a beautiful reciprocal flow between you and the earth, and it's just really beautiful. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about whatever you feel um, open to sharing right now about your mentorship program and how you're creating these offerings around. um, So I I think what's really beautiful is when we, when we connect to something so deeply that we want to give it to others. Um, And I I feel that a lot with you and the way that you connect to the garden um, and the intentionality and the presence that you have with the garden and offering that alongside um, kind of the the science and the technicality of caring for a garden that is also very needed. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how how that was born um, and what your intentions are with it. Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for that invitation. (laughs) Um, I think it all, the, the garden mentorship is a, it's a container where um, 
I help support women mostly. Men are also welcome, but I think women really feel called to the way that I share this container. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for me to help guide women through this opportunity of building their first garden uh, or, or their second or their third and just like kind of troubleshooting some of the issues that they face. Um, it's also an opportunity um, to uh, distill a deeper connection with earth. So for me, it all kind of started back when I first got into farming when I was 16. And um, the, the effect, the way the earth opened my eyes in, in a farming sense was, how do I even explain this? Okay, so <laughs> the, my first ever boyfriend I had, their family had a little CSA garden in their, well, it, they had a one acre CSA farm in their backyard. And that was the first time I really witnessed like production coming from the earth. Like I saw these giant heirloom tomatoes like growing right out of the soil and just a plethora of plenty and abundance um, to see like big giant peppers that you buy at the store just in big rows in their backyard and melons and squash and giant broccoli heads. I was just like, Wow, so amazed at how bountiful the earth could be. And that really imprinted on me. So um, it led, it fostered this, it planted a seed inside me. And, and that seed just started to grow. And my curiosity grew with it. Uh, my, curiosity for learning more about the systems and, and how to cultivate gardens in such bounty and uh, what what specifics it took and and learning about all these all the different ecosystems and how the, the balance of the ecosystems change through seasons and with different kinds of soils and different kinds of um, animals and insects that live in in ecosystems so it sent me down this rabbit hole of studying biology in college. And um, it was this really great opportunity that as I was studying, you know, the, the science of botany and zoology, I was also volunteering on farms and um, being like having this very realistic and tangible way of integrating all these things I was learning into real life. Like I was having a lab of going out to the farm and planting cabbage and watching things grow and understanding soil microbiology. So, um, yeah, the journey continued. I worked, I managed a hundred acre fruit farm up in Northern California for six years and all the while I'm feeling this, I'm developing and enriching my connection to the earth on so many different dimensions. Uh, it's hard to even articulate the 
intimacy that I've cultivated over the years, but the garden mentorship is something that spoke to me so strongly in a way that I could bring the same intimacy into the lives of others and to share like the profundity it has had on my life. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to, I mean, through gardening, I feel like I have, I have a place in life. Like, I feel like I belong when I'm in the garden. I feel that it's such an inherent experience to be tending earth and eating from earth and having that like really intimate cycle of connection, um, in a world that we live in today of so much disconnection, um, so many things pulling us away from intimacy and coming in between us and connection. The garden is a beautiful place to invite more of those really precious and tender and like, I just keep wanting to say intimate, it's mm -hmm. like intimate, um, and it's connected. And I think that at the heart of all of this, it's the heart of all existence. I think we all, all of us humans crave intimacy and connection. So the garden <laughs> can bring us into those places in so many ways, but there's also so much that the garden has to teach us and Another big one is um, abundance and uh, nature transcends like transactional reality on such a grand level. It shows us how abundant we are. Um, it, it shows us how abundant we can be. I mean, just to imagine when we plant one seed, I'm looking at this fruit tree outside of my house. I, plant one seed and it grows up into a fruit tree that every year makes hundreds of seeds, if not thousands, and, and it continues to perpetuate and perpetuate. The, the fertility is exponential and it all came from one seed. So abundance is also woven into this inherent connection and intimacy with the earth. Um, those are some of the esoteric teachings and lessons I like to bring into the garden mentorship while we weave in, you know, the science and the practical, like the practicalness of how to have fertile soils and what are the best ways to start seeds and how to combat certain pests and how to build proper compost and, you know, X, Y, and Z, when to harvest <laughs> and how to save seeds, all of those kinds of things. There's so many things I love. Thank you for sharing your story yeah. and that, that fullness. Um, I want to go back uh, to the very beginning when you mentioned this boyfriend, um, just mm. to tie in the, like the intuition or the way I think, um, 
it's so beautiful when you hear someone's story over the span of years that you just gifted us and to see that like very beginning and it sounds like maybe the boyfriend you aren't together right <laughs> well funny enough um a year after meeting this boyfriend he actually died oh no wow he had a mysterious death um they later found out uh, through an autopsy that he had leukemia and nobody knew. Wow. And he just had like this very sudden death. Um, it was so cosmic and something, I think I was 17 at the time. Um, but my heart and my mind was so opened from not only our time together, but in his passing, it was, I had this, incredible initiation with death at such a young age that it really imprinted on me the preciousness of life mm. and it opened the doorway for me to have um to to harness this opportunity to like to take all these things i learned and um like, for example, he had a dream of going to Humboldt State when we were together. And after his passing, I was like, this is a sign that I have to go to Humboldt wow. State. Like, I have to <laughs> live on his legacy. So mm. I ended up getting a volleyball scholarship to go play volleyball there. And I was like, I'm going to go study science and I'm going to grow food, like, in honor of him and mm. his legacy. And so it was this incredible, like... Um, it, it, I mean, it was terrible that he died, but also one of the greatest thing, greatest opportunities of my entire life. And wow. I'm so honored to have had it at such a young age. Yeah, what a beautiful way to see that. We talked about that in, in the last episode of the podcast um, about how death really can ignite life. Um, and I even was feeling that even before finding that he passed was like... Um, even the time that you had together felt very important in your journey and in seeing like all of the things that maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity to see and the way that you mentioned seeing the abundance of the garden at that age and really being driven by that. Um, and then even the intensity, I'm sure, of of his death and the impact that it had on your life. And oh my gosh, so beautiful that it, it led you uh, really into the career and I'm sure maybe the place where are you from again i'm from san diego yeah i'm okay. like living in my hometown okay yeah it's just it's so beautiful how um you mentioned like you allowed that to lead you and i think what is so beautiful is is your perspective on it all um because death can be can be a weight that we carry you know and at such a young age to experience um to experience it then it could have you know it could have taken a lot of paths in your life and I'm just it's so beautiful how you allowed it to inspire you and then honored it um, by the way that you're living yeah I'm continually blown away that I was able to transform things like that at such a young age but I think like I just had no other choice I was like yeah. I could either be sad I mean I was sad but I could let this ruin me or I can make like it was just, and it, it was so inevitable to be like, wow, death, like, is also life. Mm. Yeah. Death, it, death reminds us of how special life is. Yeah. And 
And that is another incredible lesson that I love to weave into the garden mentorship too. It's like nature is death just as much as nature is life. And um, one of my favorite lessons in the garden mentorship is like teaching people how to set gopher traps and (laughs) (laughs) how to like really um, move through the initiation of death. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's so profound and the garden is a great place to practice. Yes. I learned that <laughs> lesson. It was very hard for me the first time. I, I really learned that when I was volunteering on a farm uh, near Seattle and I, we were um, turning beds and I, you know, was trying to like get the shovel down into the soil and it wasn't going and I'm jumping on it and I turn the shovel, like I finally get it to go in and I turn it. And there were all of these little um, baby moles. And I like had punctured the skin on one so there was blood and it was this whole scene. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And the kind of like lead gardener, he came over and took care of it for me, thankfully, because I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but it was such a beautiful lesson. He was like, we, if, if those, if we didn't find them, if they were still living there, um, it might have taken out that whole row. Like there would have been such an impact if we didn't um, sort of embrace you. It's like we need to embrace death in some senses um, in order to carry on in life. And I think, like you mentioned, that's such a beautiful um, gift that the garden has to to offer us. And I think what's interesting and what I think that you do so beautifully is like, I'm doing it from a perspective of like love and intention. That's not like the ego. It's not like, oh, I need like this garden is for me and for humans and for us to survive. It's like it's creating the harmony of the earth with all that is. Um, It's not like, you know, kill those moles so that we can get the plant that will then come. It's um, creating harmony with all of it. Yeah. And sometimes the harmony looks like killing. But if that, that's just life for you. And in all food systems, there's lots of massacre. Um, when we do it ourselves, then we get to be more intimate with it. And um, as much as death sucks in so many ways, it's, it is an opportunity for, for life and love and beauty mm. and honoring. And so many ancient cultures use sacrifice as a part of their spirituality as part of their daily lives as part of their rituals and connection to the infinite mm-hmm. um, and I see death in the garden as being a version of sacrifice mm-hmm. yeah. yeah even like I don't know if you can see this but I have scrapes all over my arms today oh my goodness. <laughs> um, because I was pruning Printing some dragon fruit, which is a cactus, and has spine ball over it. And um, I could have worn more protective gloves, but there's something in me that loves the the connection of getting in there and sparing some blood. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very intimate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love the word that you keep using, the intimacy. Um, and it's like the intentionality and even how you mentioned like honoring death, um, like when, when an animal or an insect or whatever, when they need to die, like honoring their death um, and, and really tying that into the way, your way of being and your, your connection to the garden, I think is really, really inspiring. 
thanks so much. Um, so something that I love to do uh, with myself whenever I'm, uh, well, actually kind of just any time if I'm feeling off or if I just need a little bit of love or whatever, I love to do a meditation where I kind of close my eyes and I ask, like, where am I in the garden? Like, if I, if I were a part of this garden, like, where am I? And I kind of visualize it. Um, and lately I've been in this position of the seed. And I think what's really beautiful about being in the seed is that you are sort of surrounded by darkness. Um, and I think in our world, darkness can seem sort of scary um, or the, the weight of it can seem like a lot. But when you consider like the position of the seed, it's like you, you need to be like buried down so that you can grow, so that you can learn, you then like grow your roots down and you rise up. Um, and I think that there's just a beautiful teaching of that and of being the seed and really embodying it that's been um, very healing for me. Um, and something that I, I love that I saw in your mentorship program was how you, you uh, defined it as uh, in the darkness, in the darkness of a silent womb, a seed germinates. And I thought that, like, that just resonated with my heart so deeply. Um, and I love, I just love your perspective on that. So just wanted to share that with our listeners. Yeah, there's the stillness. It's the stillness and the presence that's not novel. Or, I mean, it, the practice of cultivating stillness and presence quietness it's not like getting on a plane and flying to Cancun and you know glittery and expansive um maybe but when we're in stillness and we go we're able to come into our own darkness and be with ourselves like that's where that is the precious place where the new seed can sprout and germinate and um, the new evolution or the, the new energy can come from that stillness and granted like new energy can come through in any any way shape or form but I love creating that metaphor between me as a human and my human experience and the garden as a teacher mm. yes I, I think that's such a beautiful way of uh, gaining perspective too. Um, there's, there was another time when I did the meditation recently where I was kind of busy in the mind and going through a lot. So I was, I went in, um, kind of seeking, looking for some guidance, I guess, and seeing where am I and what do I need right now? And I, I love that you kind of do that too, with your attunement to the garden and finding like letting the garden guide you, starting with the weeds and going to harvesting or, you know, just kind of al allowing it to flow. Um, when I did it recently, I um, saw myself as the gardener, um, and I saw, and in that day, like I mentioned, like my mind was just kind of going, and I saw myself as the gardener, and I was like meticulously picking weeds, um, and it was like, I found myself, like I, I couldn't even see the full garden, I was so focused on like getting the next weed, um, and I think what I learned in that meditation, I, I kind of came out of my body. I was like, wait a minute, like we're very focused on this weed. What else is going on here? And I came out and I saw like the rabbit hopping through or, you know, the sun shining down and in this expansive space of the garden. Um, so I just, I, I love like 
all of the metaphors that um, Mother Earth offers us, and especially in our connection with um, tending to a garden and what what it has to teach us, really. Yeah, absolutely. The cycles of life. Um, you know, you could, you could see the metaphors of the seasons um, as the metaphors of our inner seasons of birth, life, death, grief. Um, and we are emerging from the winter into spring. So now is a great time to be sprouting and germinating and looking forward to a whole year of growth and maybe even producing seeds and fruit to share with others. Mm. Oh, yes, I love how you said that about your tree outside, the one single seed and just your perspective of it. Because um, so often you can walk by a, a flowering bush or, you know, a, a fruit tree. And um, it, it's beautiful to have that reminder of where it started and how it got there. And how you mentioned, like, the one seed created thousands. Yeah, it all, it's all it takes. Um, just, like, one seed can make a whole forest. Just, like, one little thought or one little voice of intuition that comes through us can create so much. Uh, and so long as we, like, nourish and feed it with what whatever it needs. Yeah, so that kind of is a good transition. I'd love to hear if you have tips uh, for the listeners on how they may be able to connect to their intuition um, more. And if you have practices um, tied to the earth and in gardening or even in your art, um, if you'd want to share. I love uh, the, what do you call them, the earth vessels that you create? Yeah, the goddess vessels. The goddess vessels, yes. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, I... I feel so connected to my intuition when I'm when I'm in connection with Earth, and the great thing is that the Earth is all around us, and we are all extensions of the Earth. So, uh, I also mentioned earlier that I feel most connected to my intuition when I'm in the present moment, when I'm in stillness, or even my nervous system is calm so I think what is accessible to all of us are uh, clouds Hmm. so a really easy way of kind of settling your nervous system and tuning into your your intuition I think could be even just simply like laying on the ground anywhere or reclining in a chair and just watching the clouds for a couple minutes like tuning into the slow pace of that can help us uh, settle our minds and come into our bodies, allow mm-hmm. our more subtle energies to be heard. Um, another thing I like to do is just the immersive experiences, like getting into a body of water, um, hanging out under a tree. I even sometimes like to do this thing where I'll bury myself. Like, you know, when you're at the beach, you can bury your legs in the sand. It's so grounding and just really calming. Um, 
but sometimes I do that in the garden too. I'll like dig a hole and like bury my legs in there or just like shove my hands in the dirt and kind of <laughs> like play with the dirt, you know, just, I mean, we're such electromagnetic beings when we connect with other electro, when we connect with the earth, we exchange so much energy and resonance and, um, like a biomat right Mm -hmm. it's the original biomat (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love the like um childish nature that you bring into it too like you're like i'm just gonna bury my legs now (laughs) like why not (laughs) yeah the the playfulness is also a key ingredient to tuning into your intuition it's like just just like coming into your body and like Maybe even if it's movement um, or climbing a tree, like being spontaneous, going for a skip through a meadow or like rolling in a patch of flowers, even if they're like weed flowers, like whatever it is, um, connecting to any sort of nature, even if it's like some funny little bushes that are outside of a building at the, you know, at the health food store or whatever nature you have accessible to uh, just take a moment to like be present with your surroundings mm-hmm. um yeah just be present even if it's with other humans um when we it's for me it's all about like quieting the mind mm-hmm. coming back into my heart yeah and i love the practice of that it's like um kind of releasing complexity of the mind by going into like the simplicity of like I'm just gonna sit here and look at the clouds or bury my legs or climb this tree and it's like things we I think as humans we often um overcomplicate things and then we can tend to get caught in our minds um so yeah it's really it's a beautiful practice that you're offering of um really just like taking things simple and slow and carrying that that presence and that intimacy and that connection with whatever it is that we have around us. And if it is, like you mentioned, maybe it's the bush outside of the health food store, maybe um, you are able to go deeper into like a forest, um, but really, or even if it's uh, with one another, I think it's like looking at our, our fingerprints, um, like taking a moment mm-hmm. to just look at what, how, how am I in nature? and like asking that question and, and seeing yourself a little bit differently. I think perspective offers such a, um, a beautiful grounding tool into self and uh, nature and kind of the oneness. Yeah. I think a lot of the times when we are really heady, like maybe we're trying to make a decision, a life, big life decision and we're weighing out pros and cons of different routes we could take. Um, we can do a lot of like analyzing and analyzing and analyzing and to a point that's amazing. You know, we can really get clear on logistics of life, but if we're wanting to tune into our intuition and to, um, see if there's any other insights to consider, uh, presence is a great way of doing that. Right. Um, I think once we, sometimes it takes like a physical activity for us to, quiet our mind. So whether that be running or, you know, uh, climbing a tree, whatever it is, like an activity that brings us into the present moment, when we're in that presence and not thinking about whatever it is that we're trying to figure out, that that's when 
the little insights will slip in and you'll be like, oh, like I wasn't even considering that, but this idea came to me or, you know, like I didn't even, I presume that could be an opportunity, but while I was in the moment of doing something else, like not focusing with my mind on this problem, I insights came through and I think that can be a voice of intuition oh yeah it's that it's that flow state I think I get that a lot through movement as you mentioned and I think um creatively whenever I make space to release and express creatively and and doing art I do the watercolor paintings a lot um and I'll, I'll kind of like I'll go in and I'll just intuitively like I I don't necessarily think about what colors I want to use or what I want to create a lot of times I'm just like let me just see what the paint wants to do how it wants to guide me Um, and it's kind of similar to how you mentioned the attunement to the garden or any sort of it's like I think we need some sort of surrender um, into into like letting go of all of the complexities and the analytical mind and the thinking which is also um, good to have, but it's a balance of, um, like, I guess, like the logical knowing and the intuitive knowing. Yeah. Which is kind of, as you mentioned too, with your, it's like, uh, you're kind of tying science and spirituality and your work with the mentorship and, and the way that you tend to the farm and the garden. I love it so much. Is there anything else that you would love to share anything um, top of mind right now um, and then also I'd love to hear uh, if there's anything that um, you may uh, want to offer to the listeners or if there's um, kind of opportunity for them to get more engaged with you in, in mentorship program in your um, uh, goddess vessels um, or anything else any other ways that they may get engaged with you Thank you for this conversation. Mm. It's, uh, it's an honor that you wanted to connect with me in this way. And it's really special to have conversations like this with others. So I just, first of all, I want to just say thank you for reaching out. Um, some people who follow human design, I'm a projector, so. I love responding to invitations. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm just so honored to be here in this fashion, mm-hmm. uh, in in cultivating energy in this way, cultivating conversation in this way. I think it's um, it it brings more to the world. It's in the abundance frequency. So um, this year, I've been in a very deep, dark womb space for the last few months, taking space off of social media and tuning into myself in deeper ways. Um, I have just recently had insight um, from my intuition (laughs) (laughs) that I will be sharing another garden mentorship this year. So... Coming very soon, I will have more information on that, and this will be the fifth round of the Garden Mentorship, so um, we've worked out a lot of the kinks, and I have included some 
new uh, information and new lessons and my the way that I work with students has become more refined and I'm excited about sharing more content not not more content but a, like a higher quality content with my mentorees and mentees and um i love being in that space of transformation with one another because it's not only a transformation for those who participate in the garden mentorship but for me too and uh it's just a divine reflection of us all so meeting people in the garden and stewarding gardens together is a really really transformational trans transformational uh, practice so yeah That's i guess so if exciting. anybody's interested <laughs> i will be um sharing my information soon i have a whole thing up on my website which is mimaearth.com that's m-e-m-a earth.com perfect yeah i'll I link it in the show notes as well so people can get yeah in touch totally with you. cool amazing that's super exciting uh i'm very excited for you excited to see um how this expands throughout the year and yeah just feeling a lot of light with everything that you're doing it's really really beautiful are you still are you still doing the goddess vessels i know i've mentioned it a few times so. yes <laughs> um, i'm yes i am i might have a very special collection of teapots coming out for mother's day oh amazing so um yeah stay tuned for that if you can follow <laughs> my pottery also if anybody's going to spirit weavers i'll be there with um pottery as well oh so beautiful when is that do you know the date spirit weavers is at the end of june okay in southern oregon yeah i've been wanting to go to that so maybe i'll see you there <laughs> yes That'd be awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing yeah, this beautiful you. gift. It has been so filling and I'm excited to release it into the world and share all of your beautiful lessons with everyone. Um, and I'd love to end with a poem. I think you mentioned maybe having a song. I do. Um, all right. So whatever, whenever you're ready, I'd love to hear. Okay. So this is a song I wrote about the mountains when I was backpacking. And I just thought it'd be a great way to tie in all of this mother nature intuition kind of thing. It came through me, um, not something my mind came up with, but more so my heart. Mm -hmm. On a hot summer day, we were walking in the mountains, breathing in the air of the wildflowers, snacking on the berries and dipping in the river. We were soaking up the magic of the mountain, the dug fir, the cedar, the hemlock, and the spruce growing high up in the snow melt filtering the pure air that flows through the valley 
crystal glaciers trickling with sunlight. High alpine lakes filled with icebergs. Last winter's rains a-flowing on the hillside. We were soaking up the magic of the mountain. Black cap and thimble in the understory. Queen Anne's latest dog would and yarrow. Wild tiger lilies are growing by the springside. And we were soaking up the magic of the mountain on a hot summer day. We were walking in the mountains. And we never could have thunk what was before us, washing our spirits and enlivening our footsteps. We were soaking up the magic of the mountain. Thank you all so much for joining in on this super special episode. I am just beaming by Mary Ellen's light. She is such a beautiful and special soul, and I am so grateful to share this one with you all. We will see you at the next new moon. Love you. <laughs>